0: It's Thursday, May the 14th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up Manafort's release from prison and warnings from the Fed and the WHO. First, The World in Brief. Paul Manafort, President Donald Trump's former campaign chairman, was released from prison over fears he might contract COVID-19. He was convicted of tax fraud and conspiracy after an investigation into Russia's role in the 2016 election. He may serve his remaining seven years under house arrest. Separately, a judge halted the Justice Department's decision to drop charges against Michael Flynn, Mr. Trump's first national security advisor, until further arguments are heard. Mr. Flynn pleaded guilty to lying during the same investigation. Jerome Powell, the chairman of America's Federal Reserve, said that additional policy measures may be needed to prevent the mounting risk of long-term damage to the economy from the COVID-19 pandemic. Mr Powell has his eye on more fiscal stimulus. Negative interest rates, he said, are not something we're looking at. Wisconsin's Supreme Court struck down the state's lockdown order, meaning people there are no longer bound to stay home, avoid large gatherings, or shutter shops and bars. Republicans had challenged whether Tony Evers, the Democratic governor, had the right to extend social distancing measures. The court ruled he didn't. Local governments may still introduce their own restrictions. The World Health Organization warned that it might take five years to bring COVID-19 under control and that the virus may never be fully eliminated. It could become endemic, albeit manageable, in the way that e.g. HIV is. Meanwhile, an eagerly awaited study suggested that only 5% of 2 million people tested in Spain have been infected, nowhere near herd immunity. Britain's economy shrank by 2% quarter on quarter in the first three months of the year, the fastest rate since the global financial crisis of 2007 to 2009. Worse is to come. The Bank of England predicts a 25% dip in the April to June quarter. The country's finance minister said it was very likely that Britain was now in a significant recession. Emirates, Dubai's state-owned airline, will restart scheduled flights to nine destinations from May 21st, though it thinks it could be 18 months before travel demand recovers. TUI Travel, Europe's largest tour operator, wants to cut costs by 30% and lose 8,000 jobs after several countries, including Britain and Spain, revealed plans to quarantine incoming travellers for 14 days and 75 Boko Haram insurgents were killed by joint forces from Chad, Niger, and Nigeria in the border area adjoining the three countries, according to Niger's Defence Ministry. The operations were conducted in response to a series of attacks by the jihadist group on military positions near Difa, a town in southeastern Niger. And now, here's today's agenda, Polarising the Pandemic. Trump in Pennsylvania America's president will open a new front in his campaign against the COVID-19 lockdown today when he visits a medical supplies dealer in Pennsylvania. The state, which is critical to Donald Trump's hopes of re-election in December, has been hit hard by the virus, yet its 60,000 detected infections and 4,000 deaths are concentrated in and around Democratic-supporting Philadelphia. Many rural, Republican voting parts are relatively unscathed and likelier to support the president's calls to end the lockdown. Pennsylvanians want their freedom now, he tweeted ahead of his visit. The state's moderate Democratic governor, Tom Wolfe, has in fact started easing strictures already. Still, the president appears determined to make the infection-reopening dilemma a partisan issue. This does not currently look like a good strategy. In a recent poll, almost 60% of Pennsylvanians agreed with the notion that we must continue to stay home for as long as necessary, even if the economy suffers. Rivals in power, Netanyahu and Gantz. It took three elections, 17 months and a pandemic, but today Israel at last swears in a new government. It is an odd hybrid run by both Binyamin Netanyahu, the country's longest-serving Prime Minister, and Benny Gantz, his rival. Mr Netanyahu will lead until October 2021, with Mr Gantz as deputy, then they switch. For six months, it is meant to be an emergency administration focused on COVID-19. Mr Netanyahu will be busy with his trial for corruption due to begin on May 24th. A more significant date looms. On July 1st, the Cabinet can consider annexations in the West Bank, which would bury the two-state solution. Right-wing lawmakers want to press ahead. America is unlikely to object. Donald Trump's peace plan envisages Israel keeping about 30% of the occupied territory. Hawks spy a small window to achieve a long-held dream. Mr Netanyahu, who long shrugged off their demands, has a decision to make. Decimated Mexico's economy. With the economy in free fall, the question facing Mexico's central bankers is how much to cut interest rates. Analysts are expecting a reduction of half a percentage point to 5.5%, a four year low. That will do little to stem the bleeding. The peso is trading near an all time low against the dollar. Of 42 major national economies tracked by the Economist Intelligence Unit, our sister company, Mexico is expected to fare the worst this year. The EIU and other forecasters think the economy will shrink by a tenth. A report published on Monday by Coneval, a social development agency, projects that a 6% contraction would plunge nearly 10 million people, 8% of the population, into poverty this year. The government's bare-bones response to the pandemonium has comforted few. A national shutdown of much of the formal economy may be partly rolled back from May 17th, but is likely to persist in bigger cities. Dressed Down, L Brands Les Wexner, once dubbed the Merlin of the Mall, today steps down as chairman and chief executive of L Brands, the clothing and home goods retailer he founded 57 years ago. Victoria's Secret, its most famous subsidiary, once dominated the lingerie industry as a mainstay in shopping centres across America, yet sales have stalled as Victoria's Secret has struggled to adapt to changing tastes. Since 2015, L Brand's shares have lost nearly 90% of their value. Saddled with $5.5 billion of debt, it reached a deal in February to sell Victoria's Secret to Sycamore Partners, a private equity firm, for a skimpy $525 million. Then came COVID-19. Shutdowns of non-essential businesses disproportionately hit mall-dependent chains. Neiman Marcus, a luxury department store, and J. Crew, a clothing retailer, have both filed for bankruptcy. Sufficiently spooked, Sycamore pulled out of the deal earlier this month. It will be up to Mr. Wexner's successors to make something of the remnants he leaves them. Cold reception. Equinor's shareholders gather. Today, the annual general meeting of Equinor, Norway's state-owned energy behemoth, will take place in Stavanger, the country's oil capital. Shareholders have been encouraged to follow the meeting via webcast. It is likely to be tense. The firm, formerly Statoil, faces the biggest challenge of its existence. The pandemic is crushing global demand for crude oil. Equinor has already said it will cut its dividend by 67%. It will also curb capital spending, cut costs by $3 billion and reduce oil exploration activities. The firm already suspended a $5 billion share buyback plan and raised $5 billion from the bond market to bolster its balance sheet. Shareholders will no doubt grill Eldar Cetra, Equinor's boss, about Brigham Exploration based in Austin, Texas. Mr Cetra's predecessor bought the exploration services firm for $4.4 billion in 2011 in one of Norway's biggest ever acquisitions, but it has suffered steep losses ever since. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Frank Sinatra, who died on this day in 1998 the best revenge is massive success. That's it from The Economist morning briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast.